I'll tell you, that's the kind of millennial party I want to go to where they go around and they all start talking about their weaknesses and somebody's like, yeah, well, I was raped. And she thinks that's a trump card. That's the ace in the hole. Yeah. And then somebody else goes, yeah, well, my dad was religious. Oh, no. And that's what wins it all. That's the kind of party I want to be at. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Literate Apecast is a production of LiterateApe.com, and the apes would like to advise you that inappropriate language and themes may follow. If you are easily triggered, best to go listen to a public radio podcast. So, how did caucusing go for Elizabeth Warren? I'm not talking about it. I want to talk about politics. You want to talk about politics? I do not want to talk about politics. All right, let's not talk about politics then. Let's talk about how how'd your day go at during the Nevada caucus? I am not talking about politics. What the hell else is there to talk about, Don? What else you know, is going on in this world? All right, all right. So here's the thing that I, that that has been, and I wrote a piece the other last week uh, about uh, sort of the the costs of performative trauma. And one of the things has been very interesting. I don't know if you've been following it. This kid, the nine-year-old Australian dwarf. <laughs> Right? You know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about? I, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? I don't know what you're talking about, but I don't. I maybe I'm a joke. Okay. But nine-year-old Australian dwarf is just a funny sentence. Well, it is a funny sentence. Here's the thing, and you'll have to look at. Well, actually, I think they took it down already because it got crazy. Um, it's basically this woman in uh, Australia. Her child is a dwarf. I mean, he's, I mean, and she, I, that's the thing. It's not like I'm insensitive to the kid that's got, you know, dwarfism, dwarfism. Yeah. but she makes a big deal about that. I mean, she says it a couple times in video that he's a dwarf, you know? Okay. So it's not like I'm making it up. She made a big issue out of the fact that he's a dwarf. So anyway, it's basically, she's showing how upset her child is from being bullied at school. And this kid just balls. It's just the most, but the thing about it is, that sounds horrible. He knows he's, well, he knows he's being filmed, and he's still, you know, and wants to, and he talks about how he wants to die and all the bullying. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden, GoFundMe start going, and he start they start getting money. And they want to take him to Disneyland, and Hugh Jackman does this video of support about how you know this big deal, right? Yeah, I missed all, all this. This all is... I can think of when I watched this and watched it unfold. Well, then since then. What has happened is then there was an accusation that went out that he's not nine years old. He's actually 19 or whatever. You know, he's a teenager. Oh, come which on. Has been, which has been debunked. Um, that a bunch of people have been taking his face and creating their own, like, fake accounts to get people to donate money. You get out of here. Oh yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. It's just and, and to the point where uh, the mother and the kid took their all their Instagrams down. They took their Twitters down. They blocked out their Facebooks. I mean, you know, they just it just got bigger. And this is the thing. All I can think of is like, what the fuck did you expect was going to happen? You filmed your child crying. You filmed your child yeah. upset, wanting to die because he's uh, bullied at school. And you put it up on the fucking internet. Did you expect that no one would see it? Or did you hope that everyone would see it? And then when everyone did see it, what did you expect to happen? 
and it kind of blew up in their face. It's like, no, this is the thing. And, yeah. and, 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 and that's, that was, that was one of my questions is what's the consequence to society, to eat, to, to us individually, when everything we do has a level of performance to it? Uh, yeah, this is interesting. I don't know who's worse here. I don't know if the mom is worse for filming her kid. I don't know if the people are worse for starting a GoFundMe to take the kid to Disney World. That's not going to solve the problem. Then it's just, oh, special dwarf gets to go to Disney World on somebody exactly. else's dime. Here's, so here's, nine years old is what, like third grade? Fourth, like third grade. Fourth yeah. grade? Third, third grade. I remember when I, I, when I was in third grade, the kids used to tease me because I was so skinny. And I can remember one time I came home from school and I was so upset and I, I, came in the, the door bawling, like where you can't breathe and you're, you know. And so my mom like scoops me up and we go up to my bedroom. I'm sitting on her lap on, on the bed and she's holding me, just like letting me cry. And I remember saying, I wish I was fat so I could sit on them and kill them all. Like I was so, yeah, so distraught. Which is why whenever I, I don't know why I'm laughing at this, but this is why whenever I, like the the Dylan the Dylan and, and Eric, when they shot up Columbine, I I, I kind of get it. Well, see, this I'm is, not saying it's okay. I'm not saying they no, should no, have done it, but like not, I get being pushed that far. So here's well, here's the thing. It's like my mom is there consoling me, right? Like, and that's what she did. And I ended yeah. up not getting fat. I ended up not sitting on the kids, and I didn't kill anybody. Everything's fine, right? Like this yeah. is, it's growing up sucks. Yeah. Sometimes. Um But my mother just held me and consoled me and she didn't I, I don't think she called any teachers or any shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't make it she didn't make a fucking video and, and put you all had, over the fucking world. Even if she had and granted, this is nineteen eighty something, very different times, I get it. But I see this on Facebook a lot too, where like moms, friends of mine that are moms that have kids that are giving them trouble, like my son is so hard, he's this and that. It's like, why are you putting your kid's shit out there in this well, way? See, and this is my point. It's like, you know, and you asked me what I was like, I said, you know, our dining experiences are now performative. Our, yeah. you have kids and everything about your kids is performative. Your your postpartum depression is performative. Your breaking up with someone or getting a new is performative. And every okay. and, and this is the yeah. thing is right now I'm I just started watching because you know I love Survivor. I love Survivor. Yeah. Perhaps it's irrational. Um, you know, I it's, love Survivor. It's, it's, your, like, it's your thing. It's fine. Yeah, it's like it's some fine. somebody loves they love slim gyms. You know, they're not good, right. but they love them and it's I love Survivor. <laughs> well, Survivor <laughs> this is this ep- this season is season forty, and season forty How is, is that possible. Du- it's fucking great. Anyway, season season forty. It is winners at war, and what they've got is they've got million dollar winners from all forty seasons. So like twenty years ago, right? And what's really interesting has been I've only seen the first episode, but what's really interesting is watching the players that played twenty years ago and won playing against the players that won last year and two years ago and how they keep saying, wow, the game really changed. There's and an evolution. Really, yeah. Yeah. Nobody's really talking about that. The, the elephant in the room is the reason it changed was because it became perform that, that as soon as, because the thing is it's reality TV, but it is orchestrated. It's edited yeah. so that there's a good guy and a bad guy that there's, you know, I mean, that's how it's edited. That's it's television. That's the whole yeah. point. 
But as if you watch the very first season of Survivor, these people had no fucking idea what was going on. Right. You know, this was, we're going out in the fucking jungle and, you know, this is how we're doing it. Versus last season, which was not a good season, by the way. Anyway, last season where everybody knows this is how it's going. Right. People are performing. It's it's more performance than it is gameplay. And, and what is fascinating to me is how does that change us as a society? How does that change us as people when our media, I mean, Marshall McLuhan said the, the, the message is the medium. And if the medium is constant surveillance and constant performance, that everybody needs to see how you are doing, how you, I mean, Instagram, I mean, there's a whole cottage industry of Instagram influencers, you know, like hot uh, models. Yep. Like the hot models. But what's more interesting to me is the meta of like, here are the hot models. And then there's a whole blowback to the hot models when the hot models come back and say, this is what I had to do to make this pose. And this is what I look like for real, you know? And it's sort of like, and then that becomes performance. The performance behind my performance. You know, and it's, yeah. it's, it's like, so when, when we're constantly performing it's for each other, like when you what go on the actor, inside us? the actor's studio in character. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, you know, and it, it's, yeah. it's just, I, I, it's, and you know, and it's not, I don't think this is uh you know, 54 year old man going, Oh, these no. kids, it's literally, it's all performance. It's I'm showing it. My mom is on Facebook and she likes to throw up a lot of, uh, Christian stuff and a lot of anti-Trump stuff. Okay. And, but the thing is, why do you put it up there? So I'll, matter, so I'll give it a thumbs up. Me, Wait, yeah, why do it, I put it up there or why does somebody else why, put it up there? Why does my mom do it? Why does anybody oh, put stuff up on, on the internet for people to see? I assume it's so they can get some kind of feedback for it. Like, here, here's yeah. what I'm thinking. Here's my, right? You guys see my thing? You guys see my You're thing? Looking You're looking applause. for my thing. Look, dude, I did it this morning. Katie took a picture of me sleeping next to the dog last night on the couch. I just, I just saw that And picture. I saw that picture. I'm like, ha ha, my mouth is open. I look like an idiot. And I, I'm going to put this as my Facebook profile. Why? Because it's kind of funny, and a few people might laugh at it, and then I'll put back another photo of me and my cute family so people can like it and love it and awe, and that's it. I know I know why I choose the shit I put up there. Yeah. I you imagine know, been, it's the same with everybody else. Well, I don't know if everybody knows why they put it up there, but I think it is definitely, I think it's definitely, uh, I don't, again, I can't decide if it's a harm or if it's just... We don't know how to use it. I mean, part of it is like the, the the dwarf kid, you know, it's like Lord of the Flies was was a, a good, <laughs> it's a good story. But the reason it works is because it's based in reality. Little kids are shitty to each other and they yeah. always will be. Yep. I mean, it's like, that is, I mean, it's, it, you can talk about how we're going to work toxic masculinity out of the blah, blah. As long as there is competition as long as there is tribalism, mm-hmm. we're always going to have this. I yep. mean, this is human nature. We're creatures. We're animals that just happen to have these big fucking brains that may may or may not be a good thing. Right. And so the idea that you know, you're going to blame fathers or the patriarchy or sexism or anything. Well, on shit. Have you, the seen, fact that, have you seen teenage girls go after each other? Exactly. Oh. Exactly. Kids, yeah. and, I've, and I've said this before. No. I've said this before, and I mean it, is... All adults are is just kids that have learned to lie better. 
we have the same instincts, we have the same impulses, we we feel insecure, so we fight back. It's all fight or flight, that kind of stuff. See, you know, it's yeah, I I, I agree with that, but I would I would say that we haven't learned a lie, but I would just say that adults are kids with responsibility. Okay, yeah, that's we, it because because I could yeah. see through a lot of shit. The same with with adults. The same way I can see if my two year old, you know, did you poop? No. Yeah, you did, because I can smell it, and I'm literally looking at it right now. So, <laughs> shut up, you know? Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's, but it's funny that, that, that you bring this up, because I was in Waco last week for work, and I went to the Magnolia yeah. Silos Farm, which is the Joanna and Chip Gaines. They're on HGTV. I think it's HGTV. You know, we all know who they are. They've got a Target line of shit. Like, they are. They've got magazines. Good for them. They have a... A, a uh, empire of stuff. This place, I thought, would be, I would hate it. Because it's like, oh, God, if, if commerce, and if I... And I, I'm th- I've been thinking about this because I want to write a piece on it. I walked in there, and I immediately felt, well, one, that I was standing in my mother-in-law's kitchen because it looks of course. exactly like my mother-in-law's kitchen. Um but they built this place for like a place for families to go and hang out because like behind the store, there's like a play area with bean, ba- you know, the cornhole and a place for kids to run around. There's all these really great food trucks and all the food trucks are really nice. Like everyone's just really genuine. And there's an authenticity that I think when Joanna and Chip Gaines built this thing that was true. And it it comes off that way. So it doesn't feel like you're getting taken or it's just this thing for like this family to get richer or Whatever. Whatever, yeah. And it's basically the exact opposite of what I feel like this the mother the what what dwarf dwarf mom did. Yeah. Because th- how can that only not make things worse? Putting yeah, your, I mean, your crying I don't kid know. who's getting bullied out well, there like it Well I, and, and when I wrote about it when I wrote about it the other day in the piece is is that what it what it reminded me of was and, uh, you know, I didn't name her, but I, I dated a, a, a woman half my age in Chicago for about three months. Yeah. Um, in fact, I knew she was uh, much younger because I was actually one year older than her father. Cool. I mean, that kind of says you know, where I was at. But anyway, one of the things I thought was most well, interesting was... This says where she's at with her dad. Well, there you go. That's, that's, that, that, I'm not going to psychoanalyze her. But one of the things I will do is that at one point... She invited me to a party. It wasn't a really a, a party so much as it was just a bunch of her fucking, you know, millennial friends just laying around smoking weed and performing for each other. But one of the things at one point, <laughs> they start, well, they start talking about the cocktails of antidepressants that they're all taking. Mm. And they're not, it's not like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've got Xanax and Zantac or whatever the fuck you, I mean, I guess Zantac is for, uh, <gasps> Heartburn. Is that what it, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think that. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. You know, I don't. But know. heartburn but can like, cause depression because nobody sure, likes to have but it's heartburn. Like, but the, but they're literally, <laughs> and it's like six of them, and they're all bragging. Yeah, they're bragging about the cocktails of anti-anxiety anti-anxi- medication they're yeah. taking, and and it really took me. It, it really put me off a little bit because I thought, do you understand? And I'm, you know, and you could say, say what you want to fucking say, your inability to deal with, if it's depression or anxiety or whatever it is, your inability to deal with it is a weakness. 
You can say what you want to say. And, and, and I say this with this. I, you know why I have to wear glasses? Because my eyes are too weak to see. Yes. It is a weakness. If I didn't have glasses, I'd run around and bump into shit. That is a weakness. You don't, And oh, okay. we've got this thing where like, oh, it's weakness. You've really perjured me. Fuck off. It's still weakness. It's fair. You know? I, I mean, I, okay. that's it. And so the idea that you're going to brag about your weaknesses as if it's straight. And that's what I put in the piece is like, we've kind of. We've kind of co-opted Orwellian doublespeak, where weakness now equals strength. It's and it's not even the mm. idea that if I if I tell you about my weakness, that's one thing. If I perform it for you, that's another. But everybody tells me that I am strong and brave for continuing to wear my trauma all the time, everywhere, like a fucking indelible t-shirt I can't take off so that everybody that I encounter knows I was raped or my dad was religious or whatever the fucking <laughs> problem was, I'm going to tell you how hard my fucking life is because of my past, then that somehow makes you stronger because you're telling everybody what a, how fucked up you are. And that is not strength. I tell you, that's the kind of millennial party I want to go to where they go around and they all start talking about their weaknesses and somebody's like, yeah, well, I was raped. And she thinks that's a trump card. That's the ace in the hole. Yeah. And then somebody else goes, yeah, well, my dad was religious. Oh, no. And that's what wins it all. That's the kind of party I want to be at. Where See, I, that is the party. dad is that's worse kind of than the party. Rape. No, that's kind of the party that I would go to when I was dating her. It's like, it's just a whole room full. Yeah. I mean, I remember dating Alice, and that was always one of the things that just drove me insane, was that Alice, her parents were surgeons. They were from Buffalo fucking Grove. Yeah. She was a cheerleader at, in Buffalo Grove High School. She would routinely spend four and $500 on leather boots. Yeah. And yet, because she was a social justice activist, she frequently made the point that she was an oppressed woman of color. I was like, are you fucking crazy? Because she was had like Asian heritage or Asian. Well, she's Korean. Korean. She was yeah, Korean. Yeah, yeah. I said, are you nuts? Your parents yeah. had loads of cash. You were fucking popular in high school. You were a cheerleader. You yeah. spend more money on bullshit, like high-end bullshit, just had the high, most high-end tastes. And... She also didn't tip, which <laughs> I found just to be shitty yeah. as a rule. I mean, she was a rich girl. And then but when uh, it served her, when it yeah. served her, she was an oppressed woman of color. And, and I used, and she she never, used to just get in And she never did it for like cuz you could you could be a wealthy person of color who doesn't ha who never had to deal with the problems that a lot of people of color have to deal with and speak up against it and try and fight for them. Oh no, she was a part of it. She, she just made was, it like I'm a victim too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and fuck it was off. she wore that on her fucking sleeve. It was very performative because I lived with her for four years. And it, that was the thing is I saw how she behaved when she wasn't and it, I mean, I'm just I don't want to, you know, but I thought it was yeah. one of the funniest things is at one point when she she and I first started dating, I found out that she had been a longtime advocate of a guy that was incarcerated on death row for like 40 years. Mm. And he had, when she and I hooked up, he had just gotten out of prison. He'd just been exonerated. Yeah. Well, he came out of prison thinking she was his. Sure. You know? And so well, that's when I met him, works. I didn't. Well, that's, that's things, the But rule. I didn't know this. I didn't know this shit. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I, she hadn't really informed me any of this kind of stuff. So I meet this guy and I think he's, he 
perfectly nice guy. Yeah. I mean, he's about a foot taller than me. And just bowed up because he's been in fucking prison for right. 40 years, whatever. Right. And, you know, for nice 40 enough guy. years? Yeah, nice enough guy. He went in when he was, uh, or maybe not 40 years, 20 years, whatever it was. Okay. It was a long fucking time. Yeah. It was longer than I would fucking, you know, he was he was my age. Yeah, okay. So, he, you know, whatever. He went in when he was 20. So maybe he'd been in for 28 years. I don't yeah. know what the hell. It was a long fucking time to be wrongfully accused and incarcerated on death row. Yeah. So let's, you know. But uh, so there was that that tension. Well, she was with me. So then when we broke up at one point, she ended up hooking up with him. Mm-hmm. And so then she broke up with him and she we got back together. And one of the things that I thought was the most funny is that this is this long-term advocate of the, is the reason she broke up with him was because he wore ghetto clothes. Mm-hmm. And she would talk about these horrible purple suits he would buy. Oh, God. You know? And, and I was like, that's why you broke yeah. up with this guy? That he was just too street? And you're an oppressed woman of color. What is your problem? So it's again, all bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so my question becomes: What have we done to ourselves? Yeah. Or what are we allowing to do to ourselves when we allow the performance of every interaction to be televised? Or I mean, it is. It's televised. It's yeah. like I'm putting it on YouTube. I'm putting it on an Instagram. Every. I mean, Dana and I. For February, she looks at me, she says, I think we should do a selfie every day. So we're doing the February selfie project. Every single day in February, we're taking a, a couple selfie. And we're having fun with it. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to do. But there's a part of me that thinks, okay, we're just letting everybody, it's performance. There's a performance element to it. And it's of sort of like, what are, what's the performance? What's the end game of the performance? And, it, and in, in some ways, it's just saying, hey, look how cool we are together. Yeah. You know, look look at the fun we're having. I mean, we took a bunch of fucking pictures of us at Disney. Yeah. And that was a fucking blast. You know, it's like, you know, and, and, and we, you know, it's like, that's fun. But it's a very interesting phenomenon that when we're performing all the time, when do we get a chance not to perform? And does that make it less authentic when we're constantly showing the world... I think... I, our version of ourselves. Well, I mean, like, like everything, there's there's degrees of it, right? And I think that you putting your pictures up of Disney is not so much look at us, look at us, look at us, but it's like, hey, friends who know I'm here, here's what we've been up to. And those yeah. of your friends who are legitimately your friends who care, like for me, for example, I'll go through and I'm like, oh, look, they're having fun. Cool. Oh, I love Dominic. Yeah. They're my friends. Great. I'm glad they're having a good time. Cool. And I didn't do that with every single picture, but some, cause someone no. I was like. I get it, and I'm over it. Okay, good. They're having fun. Yeah. Fine. What a fucking Disney world. Yeah, it's Great. Star Wars. It's them. fucking Star Wars. Whatever. Yeah. Um, not not as often televised, I guess. But like when I talk to people and they say that they're foodies, that has always <laughs> driven me crazy because I feel like that is a little performative. Oh, it's totally like, performative. I get. We're it. all foodies. We, we, we eat. We all eat. We have to. We die if we don't. So. And oh, you like good food? What? What? Weird. Ho- that's crazy that you like good food. You know what? I like I like food that I don't hate. Huh. You're a foodie. I, I must be a foodie. I mean, do I... It, it just... It feels like... Uh, I mean, do I care about where it's sourced and how the how the corn was grown that went into... Nah, not, not really. Well, that's performative as well. 
Yeah. I'm going to eat only organically grown chickens that were put in a in a in a blanket and were talked to softly and got to listen to Brahms music. That's the chicken that I will eat. It's like right. that's all fucking performative. You're just eating chicken. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd rather eat healthier than not healthy, but I, that's not true either because no, I stuff not. good and plenty's down my throat as I'm recording a podcast. So there you go. go fuck exactly. yourself. Slim Jims. I exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I don't. I mean, it just makes everything. It adds hype to everything, and hype immediately reduces the impact that I think is intended for something to have. Yeah. The or, the organic intention, the yeah. authentic, the genuine intention so yeah dial it just dial it down and it rarely does any good like with the the mom the dwarf mom like yeah how's that kid today oh he it's even worse it's destroyed his life probably yeah yeah i mean even worse and it's i guess that's the thing it's the only thing i again and i've said this before is i think I don't think the technology that we've got right now, I don't think social media, I don't think it's bad stuff. I don't think it can be, it cannot be a good or a bad thing. How we use it can be a good or a bad thing. Right. And I really only think, and, it, and and you know, I can't speak for anybody else, but I can speak for me is that this question, this thing that I've been thinking about is like the performative aspects of our every moment has, and I would hope any, all six people listening right now would think about <laughs> You know, think about uh, why do you put online what you put online and for what end? Yeah. You know, and it's not like it's all got to be a purpose because maybe, because honestly, the pictures of us at Disney World or Disneyland and, you know, at, at Dana's birthday, it's really for my mom, her mom, right. you, Joe. It's like, here, you know, it's just people that we know. We're just, I'm just sharing pictures with people. I don't give a fuck of everybody in the free world. Right. You know, you know, but it's also like when I, when we were, when we were looking for places in Vegas in December, Dana took a picture of me standing naked on the uh, balcony. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I shared that cause it was funny. Right. However, if, you know, if I'm looking for a job and somebody finds that online, what you know? I mean, eh, maybe that wasn't the smartest performative moment of my life because that might come to bite me in the ass. I was thinking about it today. It's like if well, I go back in time, at least there's I, so many people I would love to go. By the way, don't fucking tweet that. Yeah, I know you want to, but in ten years, it's gonna fuck you in the ass if you tweet that. So don't tweet that. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I the the, the performative thing. It's. Where does it begin and end? Like I saw when I was in the airport, I saw an ad for Rob Lowe. He's doing a show, some live show down he in did Dallas. In Vegas. The he did it in Vegas. Stories I only yeah, tell my friends. That he did it in Vegas. Yeah. So I was my the woman that I was traveling with. She she goes what? And I was like, apparently he's too lazy to write a book, so he's going to just get up and, tell, and stories. Just tell stories. So is it any different than if he sits down at a party? And tells a story, and then he yeah. puts. Is that is that performing, or does it like, or sh- like wh- where do we not perform on stage, off stage? When is it just like I'm on this cocktail for antidepressants because this is what we're talking about, and that's that? Do you know what I mean? Like, where's the line for you? I, I, you know, I think the line. I, you know, I actually don't know. Like, I mean, first of all, the, I think they're different issues. I think you know, bragging about your weakness is just, I think, a phenomenon. 
a phenomenon that I've never encountered until this generation of people. Well, that, However, I guess that's what I'm asking is what what if I tell you that I'm on some antidepressant medicine? I'm not, but like if I told yeah. you that I was, and we were just talking about it, is that me I think bragging? That's fine. No, that's just you sharing your information. But when it's a one-up and shit, if you were to go, you know, done. I'm on Cicloplac and Flickaflay and Buddha Buddha, and these are the <laughs> drugs that I'm taking because you know my uncle fingered was my religious. butthole when I was okay. seven. You know, and then I go, and then my reaction is like, oh really? Yeah, well, I've got Buddha Buddha and Flickaflay, but I'm also taking Floinmeke, mm-hmm. and that's all because. You know, I got my dick sucked by a homeless guy when I was six. So, and then you go, yeah, but then it becomes like this game of like, who's the most fucked up? And and that's a terrible game to play. Well, I will always win because the truth is my dad is religious. See, you win. That's my mom's it. religious. I think it's worse if a dad is religious. Yeah, I think it's worse if a dad is religious. That's sort of the trump card of all things. So, yeah. That's literally, that's literally if, if uh, <laughs> and just expect that Lily B at some point uh. is going to tell a story about her highly religious father. Uh, uh. She'll have to wait until he's dead, because then she's got the trump card that beats us all. A dead religious you dad. Know? Yeah, dead religious dad. He was religious. And <gasps> now, now I am truly the person who was saved by storytelling. All right. Yeah. Anyway, God. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. It just makes you want to punch something in the yeah. soft parts. But I, yeah, I, I think that the performative thing, I think it just takes away the intention, even if it comes from a good place. Because I, I can't speak to the to Dwarf Mom's intention of this. I'm sh- I, I, I like I'm to sure think she w- that she meant well and yeah. that she wanted to help her son. Well, she wanted to shame the people. She wanted to shame the people that were bullying her son. I can't imagine any other reason. Do you think that it she was wanted to, it was shame them or just like look what you're doing to my poor boy? Please stop hurting shame, my son. Which is um, I want to shame you. I want you to feel like shit for making my child cry. So she wasn't wanting... calling out their names like Don Hall. Look what you've done to my no, son, David no, Hamill. Look what you've okay. She didn't do that, and okay. you know, and and so, but it was very performative. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not like the kid. The kid's looking right at the camera. It's not like he didn't know he was being filmed. And I, yeah. you know, he's nine years old, so you can't give him too much credit for knowing what the fuck's going on. However, I mean, there mom is... was filming him, and mom was talking about it, and. It's just like, come on. This is so manipulative. Yeah. It's like everybody has to suddenly become their own version of Steven Spielberg. But instead of writing about E.T. and filming, you know, and filming about Indiana Jones, they're all filming about their lackluster, bullshit, weak ass lives yeah. and saying, this is epic. I, yeah. I broke. I was broken up with, he ghosted me, and that is an epic pain. Oh, fuck off. You, some people break up with people all the time. You, nothing you just did was special. I had a baby and I'm so tired. No shit. You had a baby. You're fucking tired. That's what having That's babies what is. Didn't you know that? I had a guy come in. I, they're, it's like, it's common sense. I had a guy come into the casino the other day. This is about a month ago. And he's like, he's very angry. And the only reason I think it's funny, and this is not fair, but it is. It's just what it is. Guy's got a cock eye. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's really, he, he comes over and he goes, I have a problem with the machine. 
And I said, what is he? He's playing the inner black blackjack. Well, the inner black blackjack, because it's all connected to like, you know, if you're playing just like an individual black black machine, you can take your time with your, whether you're going to hit or you're going to stand or that kind of stuff. Yeah. But with the, with this inner block, it's, it's a group game, right? right? So each station is connected to the other station. So it gives you a time limit to make your choice. Right. And, and it's really clear because there's a circle and the circle turns from green to red. And the numbers, and it counts it down. I mean, it's like, okay, so it's obvious. You better make your fucking choice before this happens, right. or you don't get to make a choice. Right. And it's obvious. Yeah. So anyways, he's mad. He lost $50. He's playing $25 hands, and it didn't give him a chance to decide whether to hit or stand. He lost his money. Okay. And I went, and I looked at him, and I went, okay. I said, okay, so did you... Were you, you were aware that there's a, there's a time limit on your choices. And he goes from two to ten that fast you're telling me i don't know how to play blackjack i'm like the fuck no that's not what i'm telling you i'm just asking i'm simply trying to ascertain what happened and finally you should get and i said okay i said what is it that you want well i want my money back i said it doesn't really work that way see that's the whole point of a of a gambling institution is that you're gonna you're gonna gamble the money and if you lose it you don't go, oh, I lost it. Can I have it back? It doesn't work that way. Right. Oh, he's so fucking pissed. So he says, well, I want you to call surveillance. I want to look at the camera because it cheated me. Well, I already know what happened. So I lied my ass off. I said, okay, I will call surveillance. It'll take a couple of days. I'm not fucking calling surveillance over this bullshit. Yeah. So he comes in, he comes in a little while later and he's like, so what happened? What did they say? Again, I lied. I said, well, surveillance took a look at it and said that the bet that you laid was the bet that was played, that nothing, the machine didn't do anything wrong, and that you lost it legitimately. So I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do for you. Yeah. And he goes off, that's not fair. That game shouldn't have a time limit. Blackjack shouldn't have a time And he starts just going nuts. Yeah. And I looked at him and I said, he says, you're just going to say it because you work for the casino. I said, no, I'm going to say it because it's common sense. If you buy a if you buy a gallon of milk and it has an expiration date on it and you choose to not drink the milk till far after the expiration date it is not the milk's fault that it's sour and you fucking get <laughs> diarrhea that's your goddamn fault Yeah you know yeah. this it's common sense and i guess that's that's the thing is is you knew what you were getting into and it's not like there were hidden, it's not like these consequences are hidden from us. It's not like you didn't see it coming. Yeah. You did a stupid thing and now you got to kind of live with it. And Jesus. Has there ever been anything where you have gotten upset about where it may have, like looking back on it now, may have been a bit of performance just to make a point? All the time. Okay. Con- oh, yeah. So you're, you're I mean, guilty it- of this as well. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. That's the thing is I'm not, it's it's not like I'm standing on some like Mount self-righteous and throwing stones down at everybody. I'm as big a fucking hypocrite as anybody else. I think the thing that makes me laugh is that so many people refuse to acknowledge their hypocrisy. Yeah. That's what drives me and, nuts. And the thing is, it's, yeah. you know, that's the thing is I get it. I get it. We're all, we're all hypocrites. The You're thing right. about it is Am I anti-consumerist on some level? Yes. I think I think I think consumerism has gone way too far. And yet, did I tell you about my brand new Apple Pro Max 11? You have exactly. Not. 
It's yeah. brilliant and wonderful, and that's the thing. I don't like consumerism, but what? I'm a fucking Apple whore. Okay, great. Yep. You know, I, I hate Facebook. I hate it. Do I have Facebook? Yes. Did I put a bunch of pictures of me on Disneyland up on Facebook? I did. I hate it, but I'm still going to use it. That's hypocrisy. I think that Amazon is a terrible company to work for. They treat their workers like shit. It is way too hard. It is inhumane what they go through in some of those uh, fulfillment centers. However, however, I had five dollars in Amazon money given to me by a client. You know how quick I could not spend that five dollars five hundred dollars yeah. quick enough. Couldn't bring it. It was impossible. I was trying so hard to spend it faster. I couldn't get five, it fa- fast five dollars. Five hundred. You said five. Okay. I oh, I meant five hundred. Sorry. I was gonna say when you said five dollars, I I couldn't spend it fast. Well, five dollars didn't buy you shit. No, five hundred. Yeah. Okay. I, one single sock. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. I uh, no, I mean, I and it's gone now, and I'm ha- I've got a couple of new things. It was like fun there money. It's not shit that I needed. None of it. Katie, the whole None time she's it. like, David, you don't need this stuff. I go, no, no, I don't. But it's fun money. It was a gift. It's free. Let's have fun with it. She goes, we need toilet paper. Nah. Uh-uh. See, Fun you money. Your, your wife and my wife. Yeah, let's buy toilet paper on Amazon with a gift card. Fuck. No, no, no. You gotta buy you gotta buy like a stupid drone I and bought, a thing that's for your phone that's gonna break in three uses. I, that's what you get. I bought a new uh 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 the hell is it? Suitcase. A backpack suitcase. That was like one of the things that I bought. Because you didn't need it. Didn't need the it. Fuck, it's just wanted fun. to freshen up my, my travel gear because... You know how many goddamn eh. man bags I have? I, I bought, have so I bought many a new man, man bag too. Yep. I, I just got a new man bag for my birthday. It's called a Nutsack. What? It's The company is called Nutsack. Come on. Dude, is this a joke? Sh- no, I'm telling you right now. I'm going to show you the thing. Oh, I'm throwing shit across the room. All right, do you Nut see the sack this? backpack? All right, hang on. You see it? Oh yeah, wait, 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 hang on. Oh yeah, look at that. Nut sack. And it's a great bag. And what it is is it's like acknowledgement that most bags are just too fucking big. Yeah. And I went, yeah, I said, I've got some nice bags, but I you know, all I really need is a couple of things in my iPad Pro. So I just got the size that would fit an iPad Pro. And it's the perfect size. It's like perfect canvas. It's got some leather outline. It's a great bag. Do I need it? No. In fact, Dana, at one point when I ordered this, she pulled all of my fucking man bags out of the closet. And we just kind of looked at him like, that's a lot of fucking man bags. Yeah. And I was like, do we get rid of any of them? No, I like that one for this reason. This one's why I use this for that. This is, all right. Yep. So we kept all my man bags and I have a new one. I've got... I. I got home from uh, Waco, and I've got I had a new man bag waiting for me, a smaller canvas bag that I only will want to use for travel now, because See? it's my it's my it's smaller. It's perfectly I can, sized. I can carry it on site at events. It's yeah, I don't need the bigger one that I carry everything in that I go to work with and come. And, I don't have yep. that much shit that I'm taking. You know, I did bug house. I put all my shit in this bag. It fit. Yep, just barely. But that's all I needed. Yeah, I didn't need extra like room. Yeah. We're but, such dorks. But also, fuck American consumerism. Exactly. Fuck the way we buy these Chinese goods where they put their children in. Yeah, but fuck. We ultimately don't care. No, that's the thing. Nothing we matters. If we, we cared, we'd do diff- we'd If we cared, we'd behave differently. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But we don't behave differently. So at the ultimate, at the end of the things, and and all people care enough about the the nine year old crying dwarf kid. 
is that they could send 10 bucks to send, to send him to, him to Disneyland, Disneyland and feel like they did something good. It's like, you don't really care about this well, kid. This now, kid, if this kid showed up at your house and said, can I, can I sleep on your couch? You'd go, no, you're a dwarf and run away. <laughs> well, here's the thing. He goes to Disney World and at nine years old, maybe a good handful of the kids are too small to go on the rides, but he will always be too small to go on the rides. A constant reminder that forever he will not have what so many other people Whatever have. So it's like, it's just a double bully thing. It's insult to injury. What a terrible idea. What a really stupid, th- God. Yeah, here's what I want to do as a performance piece. I've thought about this. I just, I haven't had the, the nutsack to do it yet. Uh, to counteract the foodie culture and say, like, here's my food, and it's organically harvested from a, from that chicken who was tucked into bed comfortably, read Goodnight Moon every night for six years before being slaughtered, and da 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 I want to take pictures of the food after I've eaten it. <laughs> Here was a chicken that tasted really good, and it's just, just, a, in- it's just a bowl of shit. It's a my yeah, just toilet in- bowl of poop. Oh, you just want to take pictures, pictures of, of my shit, shit. This and then talk about how great and the then, food tasted. And then put a red velvet cake. Yeah. And then another bowl <laughs> of shit and it's... Honey smacks. You know, Szech- Szechuan stir fry, you know? Yeah. 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 Honey it. smacks. <laughs> All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. All right. My first thing is uh, it's a watch. The movie Ed Ast- Ad Astra. Uh, oh, it's phenomenal. Or is it Ed Asner? Ed- Ad Astra. <laughs> Watch the movie Ed Asner starring Brad the Ed Pitt. Ed Asner is a totally different movie. It's curmudgeonly and adorable. <laughs> yeah, Ed Astra is... Oh, my God. It's, it's amazing, I've been wanting right? to see it for a long time. Yeah, it's amazing for two reasons. One, the visuals, like being lost in space, hanging out, flying around Neptune. He's flying through Neptune's rings. Are you fucking kidding? It's so fucked up, man. With, what? <laughs> With a shield taken from a... Fu- what the fuck? I, I was, know. It's a brilliant... It's I'm fun. I'm on the plane watching this. I'm like... My eyes were like bulging. It must have been yeah. bulging out of my head. So there's that just like really cool idea of being in the middle of fucking outer space and flying through yeah. the rings of Neptune. Um, it's beautifully done. It's well acted. And there's like the really cool story of the father-son... Uh, Tommy Lee Jones, yeah. um, uh, Brad Pitt, that drives everything. That's just really interesting. Yes, it's, uh, yeah, watch that movie. It's brilliant. Ed Asner, starring Brad Pitt. My uh, my first is also a watch. Uh, Chadwick Boseman is in 21 Bridges. It's a fucking great movie. Yeah. The thing about it is it's the same. We've heard this story a million of the corrupt cops and there's, you know, but first of all, he is phenomenally good. I mean, you know, that's the thing is it's not fair to uh, just assume he could do Black Panther. Uh, Black Panther. He's a really good. I mean, he was good in that too, but it's yeah. just like, it's nice to see him do this. Uh, it's a good movie. It's a good pot boiler. Um, I highly recommend it. It's yeah. just a good ride. Good, real good ride. Real good ride. So to your point about uh, we've seen this story before. Uh, this is yeah. a, this is a read. Uh, it's in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, the t- the headline is uh, "Whose Stories Should We Read?" Uh, it's by Adam Kirsch, and it's basically saying uh, who has the right to tell the stories. Uh, 
there was the I can't remember the name of the book right now. Um, she's a white woman whose mother was or grandmother. Was oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I that, that I, I wrote about that. Uh, yeah, shit, I can't remember. Yes, but it was like one of the biggest hair. Like Stephen King says, the best fucking book. Right. Book. Everybody went nuts. It's a New York Times bestseller, and then all of a sudden, everybody that was a brown. Uh, uh, female writer went, fuck you, you're appropriating. It's still a good story. Yeah, and who's to say like what we can't imagine and what ex- what world we've lived in that we've seen that we can report on and make, like, so the, we've seen this story before. If you limit who can tell stories based on their skin, their how they grew up, whatever, their religion, sure. whatever it is, their sex, their gender, um, then we're, we're saying that there's only a limited number of stories that can be told. So, well, Chadwick Boseman did the did the cop story. Guess we're done with cop stories now. Can't do yeah. that anymore. And to that point, there's 70,000 different CSIs and law and orders. So, yeah. Yeah, but it's well, it's, mean, it's an know, interesting I mean, yeah. it's an interesting uh, look. Yeah. American uh, Dirt. That's the name of the book. American Dirt. Yeah, maybe we could talk about this next week because I I, I actually think this whole concept of of who's allowed to, I mean, it's sort of like the concept of who's allowed to have an opinion on, say, I don't know, a professional fight. You know, and the yeah. idea that unless you've been a professional fighter, you don't have an opinion that counts. Fuck you. Yeah, what? Uh, anyway, yeah. I, I, I read that this morning. I thought it was funny. All right, my second thing is a listen. Um, it's something I listened to. I've listened to four or five episodes, and it's fucking funnier than shit. It is called, it's a podcast, The Church of what's happening now with Joey Coco Diaz. This I'm just going to give you the description. It's funny as hell. Is this like what's it, happening now, like rerun and Raj? Nope. No, 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 no. It says the Church of What's Happening Now with Joey Coco Diaz is a twice weekly podcast hosted by comedian Joey Coco Diaz, who's. You just got to hear him and you'll fuck it. Just hearing him talk makes me laugh. Along with his co-host, Lee Syatt, Joey doesn't hold anything back and lets you know exactly what's on his mind. Joey and Lee are joined by one of Joey's friends, comedians, actors, writers, and directors, to name a few. We look forward to having you as a member of the church. The thing about it is, I, you know, I don't even want to color. I just want you to listen to it. Because just listen to this guy talk. I let it didn't matter what he said. It made me laugh. This guy is just got one of those. He's just got one of those accents, one of those attitudes. Yeah, that's just funnier than shit. All right. And his and his name is Joey Coco Diaz. That's all I gotta say. You think that's really funny? You like it's that just name? A, well, who names their kid a middle name Coco? Maybe it's his nickname. It's a great. No, I just love... No, it's his middle name. I love that that's his middle name. I wish my middle name was like Marshmallow. That's awesome. You're old. You can change your middle name. I don't want to do that. Go to court. Get it changed. I'm not going to... I don't... I'm not that... No. Maybe next year for your birthday. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So my third thing is... It's another Wall Street Journal. Um, How to Change Anyone's Mind by Jonah Jonah Berger. Its position is a little bit like in the workplace. Yeah, I read that. it's the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. But it can really be applied to, and it should be applied to, this goddamn forsaken political system. The things that, that I didn't want to talk yeah. about. I didn't want to talk about politics. Yeah. yeah. Is that, did, did, so you read How to Change Anyone's Mind. Did you use any of those tricks as you were caucusing? No, actually, I used them in my third uh, choice. Okay. Which is, do um, go 
Caucus for Elizabeth Warren. To Disneyland (laughs) and go to the fucking Galaxy's Edge and experience Star Wars like you have never thought. We walked around the corner. There's the Millennium Falcon. I start bawling. (laughs) It is (laughs) great. It is so, if you're my age, this is the fucking bomb. Yeah. It is a blast. It is so much fucking fun. Dana and I were there. We rode one ride while we were in Star Wars land. But we were there for four hours because we just kept walking. The detail is unbelievable. Like really? every room, every corner is so Star Wars out. It's fucking amazing. Does I it just feel genuine or does it feel like a tourist trap? No, it it feels genuine. Okay. It, it feels like, I mean, the thing about it is because, you know, think about like, think about Mos Eisley. Yeah. It's filled with people walking around. Yeah. This is basically Mos Eisley. Okay. And people are walking around and they've got this, you know, like the 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 food bazaar and they've got all the places you can buy shit. Even that looks Star Warsy. Every it's just Did you see literally the, Did you see Mom's Katana? Uh she was not there. Okay. You know, I mean, I it was interesting because her. you had you had uh, you definitely had uh, Chewbacca walking around, which Dana got a little starstruck when she saw Chewbacca. Yeah, um, well, you, duh. You had you had Ray, you had Kylo Ren, you had Stored Troopers. No Luke Skywalker's, huh. no Han Solos, no Princess Leia's that I saw. Was there any Finns? I did not see any Finns. So racism. It, yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. But I, Disney, but I, watch yourself. I highly recommend it because, as I said, is in this world of horrors, what everybody needs to do, and that's why I refuse to talk about politics today, is all you need to do is go to Disneyland for like 14 hours and realize that there is a place for sort of childhood joy. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it very much. I think adults that go to Disney World are strange, but I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I, I think am. adults... I think adults who buy their wives snot games is strange, but we all have our peccadillas, don't we, my friend? Apparently we do. And that's the show. That's it. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. (laughs) You can listen to the Literate Ape cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>